Now, let me say this. That God, it is not difficult for God to bless you. In fact, it is not even a job. It is not a serious thing at all. God is too powerful for him to worry about giving you everything that you require. And that's why in Romans he says that God who did not spare his only son Jesus, how can he not freely give unto you all things with him? So God is ready. God is ready to bless you. God's abundance is waiting for you. But you see, because God is a God of principles, that's why we learn some of these things. Because you see, some of these things we're learning about this widow of Zarephath is repeated all through the Bible. So the first thoughts I want to share with you today, I want to encourage us that you must pay attention to your priorities in life. We must pay attention to our priorities in life. We must pay attention to our priorities in life. Let me go back to the story, verse 13. It is, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me, in case media you're looking for it, you know, it's, of course, 1st Kings 17. So, so I'm reading 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. Everybody say first. Go and do as you have said. Go and make the cake. Go and prepare the food. But make a small cake from it. The word small is powerful. And I want to quickly go to giving, uh, and I'll come back to it fully later on. The word small is powerful. Because if God were to collect 100% of what he gave to you, you didn't have choice. Because you might as well collect your life. And you wouldn't have any choice. You might decide that tomorrow is not for you. And that's it, 100% is completely off. Now you're going to pardon me today because it's going to be tough. God, we sometimes, we are funny. But what God is asking from us is small. Based on what he knows that he can pour into our lives. Anybody here wants God's plenty? Anybody here wants God's plenty? Any sacrifice God is asking you to make, you must understand that it is small compared to where he wants to take you. When you don't have faith in that, you struggle. And you think the sacrifice is big, but it's not. When God told Abraham, give your son, it's because God wanted to give him son that would be plenty in billions. So he said, give me a small cake from it. Look at your neighbor. Tell the person, God is just asking for small. Yeah, you think it's big, but what God wants to do. <laughs> for this woman, this small is big. I'm going to get to that. But you see, for what God wants to do, it was small. So give me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me. And afterward. After. Everybody say after. 
Bring it to me first. Bring it to me. And afterward, make for yourself and for your son. Let me ask you a few questions. What are the most important things in your life? Reflect. And for those of us who like to write, write that down. Just so that when you get home, you can reflect. What are the most important things in your life? Does God show up in your plans after you are satisfied? Does God show up in your plans after you are full? Does God show up in your plans after everything about you is set and done and you're fine? Where is service to God in your plans? Number one, two, three, four, five, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. I remember a long time ago. I think I was eighteen, and um, you know, you know, the background is see you background. So the kind of message that we preach and the kind of drama we do were tough. So, so I remember the first drama that I wrote was consider your ways. From Agai, consider your ways. Where the Bible says that you are putting many things and you are sweating and sweating and putting it into a bag with holes. And they say that you live in your paneled houses, beautiful mansions, and the house of the Lord lies in ruin. And he said, consider your ways. How appropriate is that message today when people, we have become extremely self-centered and selfish that our own houses must be paneled. Uh, the word paneled in that place was talking about well-decked and decorated and prepared. That our own house will be so fantastic and fabulous, but it's the house of God that we don't care. And you know, sometimes we, if you tell people that you want to buy something in church, if pastor says he wants to buy a microphone and he says it's 500 pounds or 700 pounds or even 800 and 1,000 pounds, someone is going to scream their head off. Why waste all of that money? But that same person wears a shoe that is 450 pounds. It is when you want to buy a chain church that people suddenly think, why do you have to spend that kind of money? But that person has a, uh, their suffering in their house is eight and a half thousand pounds. Uh, it's when it's church that uh, you can buy a drum for 600 pounds, but that person drives a 45,000 pounds car. Why are we like this? Where is God on my priority list? I'm talking to me also. Where is God on my priority list? So I'll move away from God. I want to come to our family. You know, I like to talk about family. Let me ask you something, bros, brother, sister. Does your spouse come after you are fine with your job? Priorities. Are your children after you've made money enough? Where is your spouse? Where is your family? Where are your children? Do, do, would your children show up after you're satisfied with your pocket? Or your children will show up before your pocket? 
Where's your spouse? Your wife only shows up after you are full and fed and happy with everything about you. Where's your husband? Where's your wife? Your wife has to stay in a space until everything that you got to do with your life and your job and your career and your own family and everything has been sorted. Then after you've done all of that, then your wife can come on. No, that's the wrong priority. What are your priorities in life? But let me say this. Those who are interested in the finger of God, Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What he's saying is this. If there is the hand of God on something, there will be an avalanche of the fullness of God. In other words, if anything is done by the way of God, then everything will be, the windows of heaven will be open for abundance. Do you know your life could be a lot easier and more comfortable? Believe me, if you do God's first. Those who are interested in signs and wonders must be prepared to put the need and the business of God first. Those who are interested in God's plenty, not in their own plenty. Because you see, there is your own plenty. But there is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. But there is the, the, the <laughs> there is that which you have because you are sweated. There is that which you have because you're running from pillar to post and have no time for your family, no time for God, no time for your children, no time for anything. And there is that abundance that you have after you are thoroughly finished and you have wasted all your energy and strength and you sweat every day of your life. There is that. But then there is that which the Lord gives that adds no sorrow. That you don't have to lose your children to make money. You don't have to lose your marriage to make money. You don't have to lose your health to make money. You don't have to lose your freedom to make money. You don't have to lose control over your life to make money. You don't have to lose everything that God has given to you that are bigger and better than what you're pursuing. So we leave the most important stuff alone and we spend all our energy pursuing that which is nothing. That's a misplacement of priority. Let me tell you something. I believe this with all of my heart. We might be in a hurry. We might not want to wait for God. But one thing I know is this. For you and for me is that God wants to bless you and I more than we can ever think or imagine. I believe it. It's the truth. I pray. My prayer is this. That each and every one of us, we would have abundance of wealth and material things. But wait a minute. You will also have abundance of peace and comfort. So many people have that. They don't have that. But anybody here wants both. Do like this. <laughs> you want both. That's what God wants. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. He has no sorrow. It's the blessing of the Lord that will make you throw a party because you have time. You see? It's the blessing of the Lord that will make you still have time to enjoy yourself. It's the blessing of the Lord that will make you go on holiday and you're not going to have hypertension. Some of you, some of us, <laughs> you can't even take time off work. 
If you take time off work, you're going to have high blood pressure. You know why? Because you're thinking of money that you're losing. Mm. Your children are in trouble when you're on holiday. You calculate every penny that moves into their mouth. And you are trying to relate. If I wasn't here, only God knows how much I'll be making. You are a slave to your employer. Put God first. Let me tell you, neighbor. Tell the person just we're just talking. Just tell the person. Tell the person we're just we're just talking. Tell the person. Uh, tell the person. Take it in. My brother and my sister, let me tell you the truth. If you get this, your life will be comfortable. Serious. Sincerely. The life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Why do we have material things and lose spiritual stuff? Why do we hold on tightly to that which will not survive more than the years that we have on earth? And destroy everything that will last for eternity. Even if you don't have that money and you have peace and strength. I put it to you that you are in a better position. Where are my priorities? Many people will not have time for God until they are fully satisfied. They're fully satisfied. They've got everything. That's why they won't show up in meetings. That's why they don't have time for church. That's why they don't have time because they, they're running after money. They, they're trying to make two ends meet. What a life. It's pitiful. When do you want to rest? <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody during the week yeah, and I said, I mentioned a guy who is a multi, multi-millionaire, billionaire, a Muslim, and I said, would he not go to mosque on Friday? <laughs> yeah, because he wants to make money. No. He'll pay slaves to stay there while he goes to mosque. That's how it works. I want us to start thinking. Do you understand? I want us to just think. Do you not want your life to be good? Do you not want peace? Do you not want to have time to enjoy your life and serve God? Do you not want to have time peace and who told you that people who have comfort and peace don't have money who told you that it's a lie it's a choice there has to be a shift in your mindset I said I want to share four thoughts I'm still on one and we're already getting to the end of it uh, don't worry let's continue when the Bible, now I want to ask you this. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles seek after. Because when you say all these things, you should know what he's talking about. You need to read the verses before that. He said, all of these things, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? He said, these are the things that the Gentiles seek after. As a child of God, if your primary motivation in life is to run after those things you are not different from a gentile 
And what Jesus was trying to do here is to put a distinction between his own people and the Gentiles. That it's okay for some people to make that their priority. Everything is, ah, ah, grab everything. What can I eat? What can I drink? I'm going to make it, blah, 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 blah. He said, but your heavenly father knows. Your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. Tell somebody, tell the person, God knows you need a car. God knows you need a house. God knows you need a mansion. God knows, God knows, God knows you need all of that. But God also wants you to have peace. God has given us peace through Christ Jesus, but we throw it away. So, ah, <laughs> ah, so I'm an Oslan. And we brag about that. Let me tell you something. Time. Get ready. I'm going to teach you more on this. The volume of money you have doesn't determine whether you are free or a slave. In fact, somebody might have 25,000 paranormal and be free, and you might be earning 150 to 50,000 paranormal, and you are a slave. Question Which one of the two of you have more control over their life, their time, and can make choices about what they do? That's the one that is free. Because you see, you think money is everything. That's the problem of this world. Money is a figure. Elon Musk can wake up tomorrow, make a tweet, and make $10 billion. Tweet. Just to tell you the money is not as serious as you think it is. People who really make the money, they just speculate. Yeah. I know some of us understand money, so you understand what I'm saying. They just speculate. They just speculate. They just speculate. They just control the market. And do nothing but speculate and control the market and dictate how you spend your own money. There are more important things. Tell your neighbor, tell the person, God wants you to have peace. God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants to bless you, but he doesn't want sorrow as part of it. But get your priorities right. Don't forget I'm sharing with us about enjoying God's plenty. Do we genuinely believe that scripture? That all of these things will be added? Do we really believe it? I think it's hard. Anybody wants to agree with me, it's really hard to believe. Because you don't. Because if you have, we won't be talking about it again. God will tell me to preach something else. The reason God is still telling me to preach it is because you still don't believe it yet. Because you don't live as though you really trust God enough to fulfill that which he says he will do. And that's why you are trying to make two ends meet without listening to him. Let's move on. I've shared one thought with you. Get your priorities right. Let me tell your neighbor, tell the person, get your priorities right. Pay attention to your priorities. Pay attention to them. It's very important. And that is not just with God. It's with our entire life. Please, let's not lose our marriage. 
By the time you come back with money, your marriage is gone. By the time you come back with your wealth, your children have gone. <laughs> I see it every time. And people run from pillar to post. By the time they come back with the paycheck, the children are wayward. The children are gone. The children are wasted. Wife is gone. Everything is scattered. Now you are back with your paycheck. Spend it alone. And sometimes they're not gone away. They're still under your roof, but the house is divided into pieces. A guy in this England, extremely wealthy, because some of us know what wealth is sometimes. That's why we run everywhere. Extremely wealthy. He has houses here in this country, in the U.S., in Dubai. He has a major project he's doing in all of those places and all of that. But he was lamenting because his wife doesn't care about it. Say, keep your money, keep everything. I'll keep my children, I'll be fine. I won't even take you to court to lay claim to anything you have. I've spoken to a guy called me, lives in Nigeria, the wife is in London, and the wife is just a secondary school teacher. And this guy is a billionaire, and the wife doesn't care. That I want peace for my life, I'm not ready for all these things. Do whatever you want to do, keep your money, and find the way I am. Listen to this. You don't keep your life with money. God keeps us. If you leave the one that keeps you to keep yourself, what is the wisdom in it? Brothers, I want us to reflect. What is the wisdom if I keep myself I leave the word. The he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, where does my help come from? He said, the one who keeps you does not sleep. He doesn't slumber. But you keep awake all your life. Something is wrong. You know, getting the priorities right. Let God who doesn't know how to sleep, not sleep. Let God who doesn't slumber remain awake. And let him watch over you. Stop watching yourself. You can't do it. I see some of us getting to a place of rest. I'm telling you, rest chills out life. But you will not lack any good thing. Second thought. I think I can go through the remaining. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit quicker. We must be open to divine instructions. I want to enjoy God's plenty. I want to move from farming to abundance. I want to sow in the land, in farming, and reap plenty. I must be ready for divine instructions. Listen carefully to this. Divine instructions, listen to this. Divine instructions are faith guidelines that will lead us to the abundance that grace of God has provided. I'll say that again. 
divine instructions are faith guidelines that will, not might. Everyone say will. <laughs> divine instructions are faith guidelines that will lead you and me to the abundance that the grace of God has provided for us. Listen to this. Let me explain that. The meaning of that is this. Is three things are put here now. The grace of God has made all things possible. Tell someone, tell the person you, you, you have it already. Uh, tell the person you can't see it, but you have it. Blessed be God who's blessed all with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. You can see it, you, you have it. You don't have money in your account, but you have lots of money. May God give you wisdom how to bring it into your account. Say amen. amen. But you see, that's fa- grace has provided all things. Jesus is not dying the second time. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. But follow this, follow this. So how does faith operate? Faith operates on divine instruction. And that's why faith without works is dead. Are you following me now? So what happens is God will speak a word. And if you have faith, you will take the word and carry it out. And when you carry it out, you will land in the abundance that he has set in place before he gave you instructions. So, there are guidelines to lead you to that which is waiting for you. Say amen. amen. That's all. So, it's whether you want to <laughs> uh, follow the guideline or not. So, divine instructions are profound. They Everywhere in the Bible, I was sharing with us the other day, God, Isaiah 48 verse 17, does says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way that you should go. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just slightly, I'll just say something small. I can tell you that I know that God can teach you to profit. God can speak to you to do something. There was a time that I had no, not a lot of stuff, and I hear God clearly said, buy a house. And I'm thinking, how? And I told my wife, I said, this, is, this has to be done. Well, it's a small house, very cheap house. If I tell you the price, you'll be thinking, wow, what kind of house is that? But, and then I told my wife, I said, I should listen to God more. So because this is the easiest way to work with God. Because in two years, there was 50% increase on the value of the property. In two years, not in one year. God can speak to you. God can tell you, do this exam. When you finish this exam, if you apply for a job, you will get it. But laziness will not let you. Calculations of money will not let you. Say, ah! I say this all the time in Grace Chatroom. If you cannot embrace delayed gratification, you can't make it in life. If you must eat with all your ten fingers today, you're already planning failure for the future. No matter what you have, if you consume it, it's consumed. But I'm going somewhere. Follow me closely. 
And so for me, what I'm sharing with you, I share with myself. I'm saying, ah, ah. sometimes my wife will just say, take it easy on yourself. Say, ah, ah. You know why I like mentoring? I say this all the time. I like mentoring because the things I'm learning now, I want people to learn it when they're 30, 25 even, or even 20. Not when you're already 45, 50, 55, 60. It's not too late for us. Those of us who are like that, say amen. But guys, don't wait for that. Alright? Reject it with every fiber and any DNA in your body. Don't be 50 and 55 running elter-skelter, still trying to be balanced. It's not your portion in Jesus' name. Say loud amen. amen. By the time you are 50, you should be settled. Comfortably settled. So some of us who are close and over, we have gone before you to suffer so that we can lay, give it to you that place. Don't follow our path. <laughs> if you follow this route, poverty will stay with you for a long time. <laughs> Amen. Now I'm a sincere person. I tell people when I mentor them, I say I'm not mentoring you because it's all been the best. I'm mentoring you because I've just learned that God of ever, what did I do to myself? So I share with people that. You know some people mention and coach because they, they've made it, everything is so fantastic. But some of us just want to be truth, truthful. So that you're not going to fall into the same error. So when I'm talking to you, don't think, oh, pastor, you know, it's because it's easy for you. You don't know me. You don't know my story. Maybe if you know my story, you probably believe more. It's not true. This jacket is deceiving you. <laughs> Amen. Listen to, look at some television and follow divine instructions. I, you know many examples. You know many examples. Let's start from the beginning. God told Abel and Cain, give me. They decided to give God sacrifice. Cain messed up. God gave him instruction. God said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do what is right, I will accept you. He didn't do it. Let's fast forward to Moses. Oh, God, the children of Israel. God said, no, don't worry. I'm not coming down from heaven. You're there. Uh, put your rod on the water and it will split and they walk on dry ground. Divine instruction. Let's quickly go to the New Testament. It's everywhere in the Bible. There's no time that God opens people to a massive breakthrough without a specific instruction. Not laws. Laws are generic. Galatians says laws are schoolmasters to lead us to Christ, not to lead us to abundance. And that's why I say, for the law cannot give life. Oh, come on, read your Bible. So, it, it, the law is separate. Laws and instructions are not the same. Laws are generic. They are way that God wants you to live your life. The same law for me is the same law for Brother Joseph. The same law for Pastor K is the same law. But when it comes to divine instruction... It could be generic, but it could also be specific. Because if you're a doctor, the instructions that God will give you most likely will be different from the instruction he will give a lawyer. Hello? Do you get my point now? So, you need, to, you need to open your ears. I need to open mine. You must follow divine instruction. For Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God indeed. They are led by the Spirit of God. So this woman, all she had was just instructions. Simple instruction. Pump! Everything changed. 
What instruction? As I'm speaking now, God is giving you instructions. Do you know what? If you carry them out, massive doors will open. If you don't carry them out, you stay where you are. It's as simple as ABC. These divine instructions are faith guidelines, you see, that will lead us. The mother of Jesus came to Jesus Christ. He said, their wine has finished. Of course, Jesus first, you know, got a proof point as a big boy. He said, mom, what's all that? You know, that's some of us, our children will do that. We say, hey, 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 my child, oh, he's disrespectful. He's this, oh, you start making unnecessary alarm. No, the guy is just asking you a simple question. Mom, why do I need to wash the plates now? Then you answer. <laughs> hey, that's what Jesus did. Because some of you, if you were married, you say, my son, hey, my son, my son, hey, Jesus. He's still answering me back. So he said, Jesus, he said, Jesus said, mom, take it easy. I don't need to show myself. He said, well, okay, let's see what we can do. He gave instruction. He said, fill the water pots with water and take of it and give to the chief steward. And that was it. Because those instructions were faith guidelines that will lead them to the miracle. Look at you. He said, stop struggling with God. He knows the way. He understands the way. God cannot take you through a way to destroy you. No. I, 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 I. Might take time. Amen. Might take time. Might look slow. But you will get there. You know that song in Prince of Egypt? I will get there. Anybody know the song? I will get there sometime. I will get there. You will get there. God cannot give you instructions that will leave you nowhere. Say amen. So, that's why when God gives instructions, you need your faith to operate beyond your senses. Because your sensual perception was probably one of the major hindrances to carrying out God's instruction. The woman had the food in her hand. It was so small. She wasn't lying. But the man of God said, go and make for me first and make for yourself. Where are we going to get all of that? Because sensual perception will block you from every miracle that God has for you. Because she couldn't figure it out, but she was not interested in figuring it out. She was just interested in obeying the instruction. Let me tell your neighbor, obey God's instructions. It is good for you. It will lead you to peace. Oh, come on. Keep on preaching. It will lead you to peace. It will lead you to abundance. It will lead you to comfort. It will lead you to wealth. It will lead you to health. It will lead you to laughter. It will lead you to whatever you like. That is good. Believe me. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It wasn't easy for this woman, but she did it. Let's, let's just... Do this more. The third thing I want to share with you is you need to how far are you willing to go? You want God's plenty. Say amen. But how far are you willing to go? Would you back out before you get there? So what happens? This guy 
this man of God, Elijah. When Elijah saw the woman, the first thing Elijah said, you know, because I thought maybe Elijah was, was afraid. You know, because I probably would do the same thing like Elijah. Let's try the ground first. You know, because God told Elijah, I have commanded a widow to sustain you. But when Elijah got there, Elijah first asked for water. Because I'm, I'm very sure Elijah was just thinking, <laughs> how would I go to a widow that doesn't have food and say, prepare me three course meal? How? I don't know what he was thinking about. But the first thing Elijah said was, can I just have water? You know water is easy. It was easy for Elijah to ask. It was also easy for the woman to provide. That is a level. Pastors do it. Just say, you know, it doesn't matter. Even if all you can give to God is 10 pounds, God loves a cheerful giver. Say amen. You say, ah, pastor is very understanding. You are right. Maybe pastor is afraid that if he tells you the real stuff, you are going to call him an Amroba. Maybe. And so pastor, who doesn't want you to think that he is artless and insensitive will ask for water. <laughs> you see? But he knows in his heart that God said that if this woman gives more than water, that I will open the windows of heaven for this woman. And this life of this woman will be transformed forever. But you see, pastor now being careful, ask you for water. And you will give that water and the windows of heaven will not open. Because the instruction is not for you to give water. The instruction is for you to sacrifice your entire life and uh, sustain the kingdom. These are hard sayings. And so, the man of God said, give me water. And the woman said, no big deal. <laughs> you, know that, you know there are some things you give, no big deals. Oh, come on. You earn 5,000 in a month, you give God 50 pounds. Oh, wait a minute. Even you, you know. You earn 10,000 pounds a month and you give God 300 pounds. Even you, you know. that You don't even know that you have given money. When your, your sky payment is more than what you give to God per month, you, 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 you know, come on, let's work it out. <laughs> you understand? Uh, when just your ticket to go and watch Arsenal, if anybody likes Arsenal, Arsenal is the most expensive football club to watch. What they are playing, I don't know. But you see, that's it. You know, so <laughs> when your ticket to go and watch Arsenal is more than what you have given to God in one month. You, this is, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because you see, even pastors can be careful. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't want to offend anybody. And so the man of God, Holy Elijah, after God had told him that this woman is going to sustain you, just ask for water. But thank God for Elijah. While she was going, Elijah thought, you know, if I drink water, I'll be dead. If she brings water, she'll be dead. We might as well go for it. Amen. He said, I don't want water. I said, when you are coming, look at some of the dressing when you are coming. Come with proper food. Tell somebody, when you are coming, bring some food. So Elijah said, oh, we're not going to live on water. You're, not, you're going to be dead on water. I'm going to be dead on water. So we might as well go for it. Let's take the risk. How far are you going? Can you give? Some people can't even give water. But let me start there. Can you give water? 
Okay, now that you can give water, can you give more than water? Now that God is speaking to your heart, that give me more time. Now that God is speaking to your heart, I need your talent. Now that God is speaking to your heart, I want you to serve me more. Now that God is saying to you, you can talk, you need to preach. Now that God is saying to you, you can be a helper of people's destiny. Now that God is saying to you, what you did was alright, but I want more. Would you be ready to give more than water? Because if you don't give more than water, you have not carried out the commandment which was to sustain the prophet. To sustain the prophet. I wasn't going to live on water. I know some of us are on diet. You drink water every day. You better stop. And eat some food. Say amen. Can God request from me more than water? And ask me for a morsel of bread. She didn't even have it. Oh no. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, let's come together. She didn't have it. She didn't have bread. She had raw materials for it. In other words, God wasn't just even interested in easy. God was interested in effort and sweat and hard work. You're going to prepare it and knead the flour, knead the dough, whatever you call it. And do everything and bake it and bring it to me. She didn't even want to have the bread. So God is saying the entire process. Put the sweat into it. Put the, put, put the effort into it. Put everything into it. Bring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 9, Jesus said, And which of you having a servant plowing a tiny sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat, but will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and guard yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink. How far are you willing to go? You've done well. Let me tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you've done well. Tell the person, you've been bringing a lot of water. But can God ask you for a morsel of bread? Oh, come on, ask them, ask them. <laughs> We're preaching it together. So when they want to grumble later, they're going to grumble about you also. We're preaching it together. Ask the person, can God ask you for a morsel of bread? Can God ask you to spend more time to encourage that sister? No. I've been speaking to her. She won't change. Mm-mm-mm. Thank God for the water. But can God just trust you a little bit more to invest another one hour or two hours to help that sister out of that predicament? Would you listen to God to give an extra, I don't know, to sit down with that brother and help them to sort out the issues they're facing? He said, but I've been doing so much. Yeah. But maybe God is asking you to bring more than water. How far are you willing to go? But you know, we know the end of the story anyway. Because these decisions will land you in God's plenty. 
you can never do too much for God. I'll repeat. You can never do too much for God. You can never give your talent too much. You can never give your time too much. You can never give your money too much. How far are you willing to go? You know, um, this will lead me to the next one. You know, it's amazing when we say things like, you know, um, you know we, we need to give God 10% of our money, and that's brilliant. Sincerely, that's brilliant. That's a massive sacrifice. That's a lot of water. What is water? Because it's water. So when I say some people don't even give water, you can relate it. But listen to this. Just step a little bit into the New Testament and see what people were doing. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? Why are you making your life difficult? Especially when there's an instruction. Do you know some of us, the instruction is following you everywhere? <laughs> it's following you everywhere. The instruction is there. And God is saying, my daughter, just do this. My son, just do this. But he's gentle. And maybe that's why we don't listen sometimes. In our walk with God, God will require sacrifices from us from time to time. And one thing I know is this. God doesn't need our sacrifice. Oh, come on, follow this. God knows that the sacrifice is necessary for me to move to another dimension of the supernatural. The sacrifice, this was a serious sacrifice for this woman. But it wasn't God that needed it. Maybe Elijah needed it, but God didn't. But he was going to launch this woman into plenty and abundance. If God was hungry, the Bible said the cattle upon the thousand hills belong to God. It will just kill all of them and eat. <laughs> Hello. If God wants to drink water, it will just dry the oceans. No, God is not in need. Tell somebody, God is not in need. And that's why, let me just say this. This is a warning. As a Christian, you must be very, very careful to have this mindset that you are meeting the need of God. Be careful. Because there's a thin line between you saying it right and getting it wrong. Careful. And that's why some people don't give because they ask that they see need. God has to suffer. Yeah, you know. They can't walk up to your brother and say, wow. Brown Tony, this is your jacket. It's, poof, it's good. I'll buy you another one so that I can wear that one also. No, we don't do that. But if you see the brother and the jacket is tattered and shattered and he, 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 he can't even wear. That's when I say, oh, oh, oh. 
I'll buy you a jacket. I will help you. That's all right. That's good. But you must have a heart to do more than that. He that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. But he that gives to those who have, they're sowing a seed. That one comes back, the other one. <laughs> Only God repeats. Don't worry, let's not get into all of that. What I'm saying is this simply put open your heart. And that will lead me to this, and then we can pray. So the final thought I want to share with us is this. It's a common statement, but I want us to think about it. Because you see, we're too familiar with God's word that sometimes maybe it doesn't have the weight. And it shouldn't be like that. For instance, we know John 3.16, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But, it's still important. Final thought for the day. Do not allow your need to swallow your seed. I know you've read it several times, but I want it to sink. Because I will uh, maybe give some examples, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. Now, when God begins to speak like this, it's because he loves someone, and he's going to do something for you that even you wouldn't have dreamt of. I believe that with all of my heart. Anybody here would like to comfortably write a check of 10,000 pounds and not feel bad and not feel poor? Anybody? Anybody? Now, do you know that's not a big money? But if you have a wrong mindset, even when you have one million pounds, you still can't write a check of 10,000 pounds. But when you have the right mindset, you wouldn't even have that much, but you can do it. Don't allow your need to swallow your seed. Let me say it in another way. Or a practical way. Don't allow your need to stop you from doing good. Don't allow your problems to stop you from solving other people's problems. Hello? Don't allow your lack to stop you from providing abundance to other people. Because people say things like, ah, I need to sort myself out first. Thank God for that. But you know, whilst you are trying to sort yourself out, there are many people you can sort out. I'll give you an example. Let's assume I'm planning to buy a house. And I'm thinking, Phew, I need, this is my first house. I've not bought a house before. I need deposit. It's very important to me. You know it's very important to you. You know it's very important to anybody? It's important. God wants you to do more than that. It's important. So I'm not trivializing your appetite and all. It's important. But you know what many people would do? Whilst they're doing that, they are trying to get, say, 40,000 pounds. 
But whilst they're doing that, they will shut their heart of Boel. They will shut their, their Boel of mercy. How do you say that thing? They will close their heart to everyone. Even if it's their parents that say, ah, my daughter, ah, this trouble, this Nigeria is hard. Can I have 100,000? I say, no, 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 I don't have any money. Your need has destroyed your heart. And you build the house, live in it alone. It's wickedness. You don't stop doing good because you have a challenge, you have a project. Oh, I want to buy a house. You don't give again? Nothing? People who have bought bigger house than you, they give. <laughs> People who have bought what you have bought and paid cash, they still give. That's the way I think. I'm thinking, okay, let's even say it's all right. Which one will you pick? Struggle, don't give to God again because you are buying a property of 300000 But there's a brother that gives to God heavily. But bought a, bro- a property half a million and pay cash. Which one do you like? Anybody? A or B? Is it, can you? No, you need to process this thing. So if you are trusting God for the supernatural, there are steps of life you take. There are steps of life. If you believe God, believe God. Don't stop being good because you have a need. That woman, the widow of Zarephah, was not like that. Many of us would have said, No way. This is all I have to hit and die. I will hit it and die. And she was right. She will hit it and she would have been dead. Stop people. Stop good. I see it a lot. You know I'm a pastor. I see it and I'm thinking oh God have mercy on people and show them. Until I have built my house. and built my That's the problem in Agai. You live in paneled houses and leave the house of the Lord in ruins. Don't let your needs swallow. You see, that little you have God respected. It might be widow's mind. It might be widow's mind. This is not a talk about quantities. It's a talk about quality. Because the widow's mind had more quality than some of the guys who gave big. Because it's not just what you have given that matters, it's what you have left. Praise God. If your brother comes to you and says, I'm very, very hungry. I don't have food to eat. And in your pocket, and some of us will do this. In your pocket, you have money. I don't know whether you, you know. <laughs> you know, in those days in Nigeria, the way, the way, the way, the way I've done it before, I put my finger up. The way I wrap the money is that the biggest denomination it will be inside. You understand? So you start, you know, no, so you start from inside out. So the biggest denomination is inside, inside. Then you follow, and then the outside will be the lowest one. Hey, say amen. So when you want to give money to someone, you just put your hands in your bucket. You already know which one is small. <laughs> Praise God. Look at some dead person. You need to be smart. <laughs> you, know, you just put your hands in the bucket. You just bring the smallest out and you just give. And the brother will celebrate you. Your heart is not celebrating you. You, you, you know within yourself the schemes and the strategies you are putting in operation to deceive that brother. That you are doing good. But God is telling you, take the one in the middle. Don't let your need swallow your seed. The woman had just something small, but she gave it. 
God wants people who can plant their seed, albeit in a right soil, but plant the seed. When you eat your seed, you will lose the harvest. I've not said any of this thing to you to psych you up for anything. I've told you all of this for you to listen to the Holy Spirit and process. Don't let your knees swallow your seed. I want to say this to thank God and to give us a testimony while we're on this topic before we pray. Sometimes I look at giving in this church and I'm both confused and happy. You have mixed feelings and I'll tell you why. I see students give more than people who earn 50, 60, 80,000 pounds and it amazes me. And then I would move back and have wisdom. That it is not he that wills, nor he that runs, but God that showeth to me. I look back and have wisdom that there is a grace of giving. There are so many students in this church who give more than people who have big jobs and loads of money. I'm not lying to you. And I'm thinking God, and God says yes, because it is grace. No wonder Paul prayed and said that may you have this grace also. This grace of giving. What do you have that God has not given to you? If God takes your breath, even the one you've made becomes the property of another. For the full man built his business and had everything big. If the woman had kept the seed and ate, you know, the woman decided, I'm going to eat this food. Okay. Do you know what? Before the man of God came to the woman, ravens fed him. Oh, I don't want to go into that. Ravens don't feed anybody. Those guys are dangerous. They get from you, they don't feed you. So it's a, it's, 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 but God did that. God could have sent to any other widow or maybe a cat or a tiger or a lion or any other way to sustain his own vision. But when God shines his light on you and puts any form of demand on you, it's because he has seen an abundance waiting for you that he wants to connect you. So, in the search light of God, he discovered a faithful widow in Zarephath, in Sidon, who could be commanded and would respond to the word. And God decided that the abundance to keep the man of God and to keep her family would be possible. I want to close your eyes.